0: The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. Well, you may know Ginny Weasley uh, from the Harry Potter films. Well, the actress who portrayed her, Bonnie Wright, is now making her name as an author, director and environmental activist. Her new book, Go Gently, Actionable Steps to Nurture Yourself and the Planet, has just been published. She's with us this morning. Uh, good morning, Bonnie.
1: Good morning. Thank you. I tell you what, you
0: you take on a fairly broad spectrum with the book because it's it's, in essence everything about your life that you could change if you wanted to help the planet
1: yeah uh, definitely looks at yeah all areas of our sort of day-to-day life our home life and even branches out into maybe the things you can implement at work or in your family life definitely a lot to uh, digest
0: and who are you aiming the book at
1: obviously so many people say this but you're always when you write a book really trying to appeal to as many people as possible i think you know Every walk of life is concerned for the environment and how it may affect them, whether that's affecting them already today, their children, their future, really everyone. I guess I'm just looking to show people that there is a million things that we can do around the climate. And we don't have to do all of them, but we have to find ones that like, appeal to us, they work with our lifestyle, they're under the topics we're kind of concerned about most. I think it's really about making our activism our own.
0: So give us then a top few. If, if people were to implement the most productive ones, what is it that they should be doing?
1: It's hard, really. There's not that black and white, I would say. That's what's so fascinating about the subject. It's quite nuanced. But some top things that I personally love when it comes to food, a couple of things always come up, like learning how to store your produce the best to get the longest life out of it. Um, maybe cooking meals from scratch that are less processed and prepackaged. And then also with your kind of uh, organic waste like food waste, uh, composting that instead of putting that in your normal bin that goes to landfill. And then obviously when it comes to our clothing, you can look at certain fabrics that don't have synthetics in them because they kind of shed in the uh, laundry machine. So more kind of natural fiber clothing like uh, cotton and things like that. There is a million one things I always suggest to people. Um, find an issue you think you kind of care about specifically for me it was kind of the health of our ocean and intersect it with an area in your day or home you love to be in like I know I love cooking and being in the kitchen so I looked at that area first rather than overhaul my whole life of plastic.
0: Is there any risk that people will will listen to you or read the book and think ah yeah that's all well and good if you're rich but it's very hard if you're not?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of uh, the ways that often sustainability is kind of uh, told to people is this idea that we need to go out and buy all these new products that are quote unquote sustainable. But my book really looks at the opposite of that and how actually you can make a lot of things yourself that enable things to be more cost effective. They're more freeing, I think, because we can have more resources and skills that we're better at. So there are things in the book about mending things, sewing on a button learning how to fix technology before thinking to buy a whole new phone. You know, I think a lot of these practices for me is only as far as like my grandparents would have been already doing. It's not like we've had too many generations where we forgot these kind of, I think, honestly, just skills that can make us more resilient as human beings and not rely on always the kind of consumer models of buying things or getting stuck in like, supply chains which we've all been quite more and more exposed to these past few years. So, so the difficulty is
0: in in your grandparents' day the norm would have been that you you had an economic deal done with the couple where one person effectively dedicated their entire life to doing the things that you're describing to cooking from scratch to mending things to making things while the other person dedicated their life to earning the money for it. Now you've got a situation where people coming home from 8-hour days, 10-12 hours if you include the commute the thought of having to face into mending clothes and cooking from scratch when you can just grab something in a packet and slam it in a microwave, it's, it's a big ask for some, isn't it?
1: Sure. I mean, I did come from grandparents where one was stay-at-home. They both worked and they both, you know, had a job that they survived on and still made that time. I think also I agree, of course, there's a million and one things that are on the higher agenda for people. And my book and my idea is not about doing everything. And it's not about thinking the minute you take on some new tasks, you have to be this perfect environmentalist. I think that is a damaging way to look at it because it's not obtainable for people. I think our capacity for these actions can change from week to week according to the mood we're in, the time we have, the budget we have. I'm definitely not asking people to commit to all of these things. It's just finding the little small wins and connecting to these greater issues. And it's a kind of slowing down, like you say, in most of the way that things have been taught for us to be cheaper and easier is convenience, grab things to go. But actually, a lot of those things can be sometimes more kind of more expensive. Uh, So I think, you know, it's about compromise. I'm definitely not telling people to overhaul their life. It's really finding their way in. And that could also not be about individual action. That could be about community action. It could be about really looking into their local elections and who they're voting for to make sure there are people out there representing them when it comes to policy to make these kind of things more accessible for everyone.
0: It's, it's one thing for you to have decided to live your life this this way and to try to be as sustainable as is possible. It's another to go to the extent of saying I am going to advocate for it and try to convince others. What made you make that step? What was the, the catalyst for you to say that you wanted to change the attitudes and behaviours
1: of other people? For me, know I have the privilege of uh, a platform you know from Harry Potter and having that through you know social media connecting to people and there was so much of the time where I would share little tips or different things I've been doing with organizations like Greenpeace and so many people in the comments would always be so like wow this is so good I love that or want to know more and it was really that actual feedback I was getting from people
0: that really gave
1: me the encouragement to think "Oh." Uh, and I kind of knew that I had the privilege of that kind of ability to connect with people who maybe weren't thinking about these issues before or they are actually the exact generation of people who are deeply concerned and terrified for, you know, our, our climate devastation. I didn't want to sit back and say, I'll do it tomorrow. You know, I want to be part of the change I want to see.
0: You mentioned the, the Harry Potter legacy in terms of the, the platform that it, it gave you. When you bump into people on the street and they spot you from Harry Potter, what's the most common thing they say to you? I
1: think everyone's just like, oh, I grew up with you. Like, you know, I I became, I was growing up alongside you. Or obviously there are children now who weren't even alive when we were making the films. Um, But It's always just a fondness, I think. Always like a a really warm place in so many people's kind of memories. Uh, And that pure escapism that I think the films can be for people, like that real kind of home that they find. Uh, So that's always lovely to hear that.
0: Does anybody bring up any of the controversy around J.K. Rowling?
1: Uh, No, not really. I mean, everyone just thinks about the beauty of the books and knows that, you know, we can all be separate from those things even though we were connected by that Harry Potter.
0: Do you think there's any danger in in the position that you take that um, it'll make aspects of your career difficult to follow? I think about Leonardo DiCaprio and the public statements that he makes about the environment and then the opprobrium that he gets poured on him when people see him taking long-haul flights or shooting somewhere that requires diesel generators to power the lights and all that kind of stuff. And they end up saying, well, how can you live that way while proselytizing for these set of behaviors? Is there any chance that if you get offered a big role that requires you to fly around the world to do it, you'll think, maybe I shouldn't.
1: Yeah, I mean, all the time when things happen, we obviously have to think about, you know, the bigger picture of everything. Uh, I think often too much of the time we can often want to trip, you know, the media and the public often want to trip people up more often than celebrate good things. You know, I think what he does with his uh, position of power is incredibly inspiring. And I think it's more important to sometimes, I don't know. I mean, yeah, we, but I think things shouldn't be about shaming people. I think things should be about sort of just supporting where they can. And I agree that we should take into those things into account. And I think I do. Um, But yeah, I don't know what more I can say. I think everyone's, you know, their own self. I can't really say something about his life. Um, But yeah, I take things into consideration and uh, it's important to me. And it's important to not only just traveling, but like, the practices that SET could be doing and what they're doing about waste and what they're doing about how they're interacting with maybe the locations and the landscape.
0: Give us the single quirkiest sustainable action that people mightn't know about. If there's one where you would say, okay, here's one that is the arguably the most entertaining of them all, what is it?
1: People always laugh that I make my own toothpaste. Um, okay, or...
0: that'll do. No, I, okay. <laughs> you, you had me a toothpaste. How does one make one's own toothpaste?
1: Yeah, well, there's three basic ingredients, which is coconut oil, bicarbonate of soda, and peppermint spirits, and they're all pretty easy to get uh, ingredients, um, and you just literally mix the three together, and you brush your teeth, and there we have it.
0: What do you keep it in? Because I, I, I struggle to imagine toothpaste not coming from a tube.
1: Yeah, well, it's just easily from a jar, you just scoop it out and put it on your toothbrush, um, so yeah, easy things to make think, just because that's always would like With like a little knife? Uh, I usually just use the other end of my toothbrush to get it out.
0: <laughs> and the combination of the oil and the bicarb, does it make it a very foamy experience?
1: It's definitely not foamy, but that's just the kind of idea we have of toothpaste, I think, or cleaning things like face wash that it needs to be to work to be foamy. Is it, um, So no, it's not foamy.
0: Is it true that you also scrub yourself with coffee grounds?
1: I do. I do my uh, hands and legs with like coffee grounds and again coconut oil or any type of
0: oil. So you mix the coffee grounds and the coconut oil and then use them as an exfoliant.
1: Yeah, I mean you can literally buy that in products too. People buy you know sugar or coffee exfoliating scrub in in the shops. So I does it leave you smelling faintly like a latte? No, because no milk involved, which would probably not be good. But um, well, faintly make, like, like an espresso. Quite, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, yeah, have a shower, wash it off.
0: Any other things that you can make out of coconut oil? What If we're buying it in bulk to do the toothpaste exfoliant, any other products that we can add to our list?
1: Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, it makes, it's pretty good for like eye makeup remover, like dense eyeliner or mascara. Um, it's pretty good for just a general moisturizer or you can put it in the ends of your hair to sort of like make a little mask. You can cook with it. Lots of things with coconut
0: oil. Bonnie, thank you so much for coming on this morning. That is Bonnie Wright and Bonnie's new book is What We Can Do About Climate Change. It's called Go Gently, Actionable Steps to Nurture Yourself and the Planet. Thanks again, Bonnie. Thank you. The Anton Savage Show
1: Saturday morning at nine on News Talk.